T-minus three, two, one. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to T-Minus Podcast, presented by 321. I'm your host, Daniel. I'm the other host, Nico. I'm Ryan. Not and, a host. And not a host. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 1 of T-Minus. Um, we have a little new format going on. Um, and I think today's topic is on masculinity and femininity. Femininity? Femininity. Femininity in advertising and marketing. Uh, I think this spurred on from a lot of commercials actually kind of planting their flag in the ground on this topic, um, probably within the last year or so. And I think the hot topic of that is the Gillette ad. And if it, has anyone seen it? Yeah, we've yeah. seen it. Mm-hmm. I saw it once. We're aware once? of it. Once? I saw it a couple times. A couple of times? I mean, I really liked it. it <laughs> seeing it once does not mean I didn't enjoy it and appreciate it. And... Obviously, from a public relations matter, it had a lot of, uh, what's the word, strong opinions, Backlash. Um, negatively and positively, and I think it's kind of like the Colin Kaepernick Nike ad where they knew what they were doing, especially Gillette, where I felt their main demo, they really understood, and the type of audience they were going after and they, I think they made a strategic decision to do that, right? It had to be a planned thing, um, but I think it was necessary for them at this time. But I guess this opens up the question, why now? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think we're it's definitely seeing that masculinity and femininity are having a moment right now in marketing and advertising, even beyond marketing and advertising. I think these conversations are coming about, perhaps not in the way that would be the most open and transparent but we're starting to see these conversations happening um so i think that it's a more comfortable environment for gillette to put it out there as opposed to like five years ago i think this would be very radical then um i think it's still radical but um in a little less shocking of a way um toxic masculinity is a buzzword like we're all familiar with that so i think tackling that especially from an all like a male centric company um it it feels appropriate for them to do especially right now in 2019 mm-hmm. um i feel like the timing's good like you're saying um to put more of a tinfoil hat on <laughs> i think if if you look at uh marketing that's created a negative backlash and the positive effects from that. Uh, Colin Kaepernick's Nike ad is a really good example. I think sales went up like 30% following that. It's There's a longer line of those. Um, so it's not masculinity and femininity, so I don't have to linger on it. But if we remember Keurig, it was mm-hmm. Keurig. Like, was that a year ago or two years ago? See, I don't even remember. But the, someone said something controversial on Fox, and then... Keurig pulled their advertising from that show. And then people started hitting their Keurig machines with sledgehammers on YouTube, and it went viral. And now Keurig is like more of, I mean, it's already a big brand, but now people are buying Keurigs just to throw them in the fire pit. And then (laughs) people are destroying their Keurigs, and let's say a third of them are replacing it in the next year or two. And then 
some people support Keurig taking that stance and then are now buying K-cups or Keurig machines and stuff like that. So it's you can go pretty far back and find that it, it just my tinfoil hat again, that there's a strategy to it, to making people angry and getting becoming a trending topic in that way. For sure. But again, you're and we've had this discussion before about playing it safe and brands should not play safe. Um, when I say safe, I don't mean shock and all all the time, but having people understand where you stand, right? Mm-hmm. People understand that this is what I believe in. Like for instance, Chick-fil-A. Everyone knows what Chick-fil-A believes in. Delicious chicken. Just not on Sunday. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, And I think majority of people are fine with it, to be honest with you. Well, the sales show you that people are fine with it. You know what I mean? But it's not like a shock and all thing where I need to plant my flag in the ground repeatedly over and over again. Um, I think Nike does it tastefully, to be honest with you. Um, I think they just had an ad um, about... Uh, women athletes and how they're crazy yeah they right did. that's the one i was gonna bring up yeah so um i think that was done in very uh, good taste yeah um, i love that advertisement i thought it was super powerful and it was kind of doing and it, i think that's really almost the same thing that gillette was doing and why the two mirror each other so much it was really just taking statements that are said and really analyzing them and why we say that like boys will be boys for the Gillette ad it's like why do we say that like that is not the right thing to say like if a boy hits another boy or if a boy like says something to a girl that makes her uncomfortable that's not just boys being boys like we should really hone in on that and I think that was the same too with the Nike ad which is why is it why is it that if a woman you know is a powerful athlete if she's aggressive if she's all these things she's just called crazy like what what does this crazy mean and like and also flipping it around for people and saying well then yeah like we are gonna play crazy and we're gonna like be crazy and like that's why you love us as athletes and I think Nike's always good at doing that taking the words and flipping them and then reusing them but I think that that's why some of these ads resonate is because they're making you look at statements that you are conditioned to stay as a male, as a female, and really internalizing them and, and looking at them as, well, why have I always been so conditioned to say that? And why has it always been normal? Yeah, exactly. It's So I think, it, not to backtrack, but it, Gillette's strategy when making the, uh, the best a man can get uh, content video that they put on YouTube it's. I think they weren't afraid of any uh, protest or backlash or any um, uh, any people boycotting their brand because for every person boycotting, you get maybe one or two people counter boycotting and now supporting right. it. And we've talked about that in previous topics. So then the other angle is they're like, okay, so we're not afraid of this. So what can we do that's woke? <laughs> what, where does Gillette fit into all this social change that's happening right now? So it, they couldn't really pull off like a Colin Kaepernick thing. But uh, gender issues, it, they fit in perfectly. And I said yeah. it at the beginning, I love that Gillette ad. I think it's super thoughtful and very well executed. And it's just 
from start to finish, it's incredible marketing because <clears throat> it, they even have their old ad in that ad where it's yeah. like the man shaving and like women like falling all over him. They're like criticizing their own uh, complicitness in the toxic masculinity that we've had for like the past decade. I mean, yeah. we've had forever, but we've only like really started to notice in the past decades. Yeah. And I mean, I think too, um, it's great because it's also in the wake of Me Too. And I feel like, you know, it's not that any company has to be responsible for Me Too and the things that have happened, although industries need to be responsible, like every industry where <laughs> women are being sexually harassed or worse. Um, but I, I thought it was, it felt like a not a direct response but a response in that you know what we are going to take responsibility and our responsibility is to like change the way that we not only treat women but the way that we treat other men and men who and boys who are going to grow into men and and help recondition them away from some of these really dark and terrible gender tropes that they fall into with toxic masculinity. So I think it works too as a response to me too. Like, you know, we're going to actually do something and this is how we're going to do it. And it's going to be in a thoughtful way where we just change the way we talk to each other and the way we advertise. Mm. Is it safe to say, or um, not much safe to say, but would you, my assumption is that during the 2016 presidential election, I think that actually shifted how we market to people um, because of the outcomes. Um, hanging on to, I'm not, not going to say extremism, but people that firmly believe in something will automatically draw more support and traction than people that are kind of lukewarm in the middle, right? So prior to 2016, everything was more, when it comes to advertising, was more direct um, about the product, about the service, um, the basics of marketing, right? And then after that, I feel the last two, three years, there was a shift of understanding that real brand, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, let me use this term, brand advocates are the most important thing. Because the people that buy into you and not just your product or service are the ones that are going to leverage the most revenue from, correct? And I think utilizing that strategy from the 2016 election from a brand standpoint, I think, is a smart move. As long as that support that you have is actually supportive of you. You know what I mean? Like, I think Nike is like... I think there's a ton of people that support Colin Kaepernick and there are a ton of people that do not. But that ton of people that support him are going to outweigh the negative from it, even from a revenue standpoint. Because let's be honest here. They're all businesses. They're all trying to make money. None of them are trying to go bankrupt because of the decision they make. Like they're, they're trying to be moral but at the same time, it has to not affect the bottom line in a negative way. You know what I mean? They're, comp they're companies. Let's be honest here. They're not people. Yeah. It, we're seeing a shift from uh, 
the value being placed on brand awareness to the value being placed on brand loyalty. Correct. Where it, let's not downplay how important awareness is. Obviously, people have had to know what your product or yeah, service. They right. need to know that you exist in the first place. But then it, once that's achieved, that's easy to achieve. Um, getting brand loyalty is the difference between success and failure, really. It's um, the difference between big brands and then the brands that like disappear into nothing uh just like avengers or something <laughs> really <laughs> but uh, that's what i'm saying is i think um it's it's just a very interesting shift that i don't think a lot of people are really critically aware of that it happened like i know a lot of you can say negative things have happened since 2016 of kind of our climate of society very um either you're on one side or the other everything's black or white not not well literally too sometimes <laughs> um but that effect of it the um the reaction of how it worked strategically someone looked at it and was like i can use this for every day I can have a shock and all plant my flag in the ground and people will rally around it and not me. Right. So Gillette or razors and you know, those products that you use on a regular basis and fine, that's just like other 30 companies that do it, but what's going to differentiate me to make me stand out, but not only stand out, have people rally around whatever that is. They're not rallying around like better razors and you know, aftershave. They're not, they just, said okay everyone knows our product how can we gain the most attention and the most brand loyalty for people that's not just a good product like there's no people that are just like i love gillette and that's all i use like that's far and few in between to be honest with you but i think it's like hey we're gonna have this conversation and we're gonna let you know what side of that conversation we're on and people are gonna automatically rally around that yeah, I mean, they're not doubling down on quality. Which exactly, is like, that's what I'm saying. Which is pretty radical in a lot of ways because it's like you said, they're more doubling down on like this stance that they take that they know they're going to generate a reaction from and that does make a difference in what people identify with as products that they want to use, even if it's just identifying with a brand like even if you're now like well i'm behind that brand even if, like me like i'm behind gillette i'm gonna tell people i love that gillette commercial i'm not gonna go buy a gillette product like even though they have good shaving cream <laughs> for shaving my legs um but i don't do that that often um but regardless i still have like a positive thought for them in my head which i think is really important when a brand can get inside your head and can make you think about things even though these are things that i think about all the time like toxic masculinity is is not a new thing to me it's something i think about a lot i care about a lot i don't care about toxic males but i care about <laughs> fighting toxic masculinity yeah and so to see a brand try their best to tackle that i mean you get definite kudos from me in my book yeah, uh, just to get you can get meta with it. It's it's like the the Gillette video is creating brand loyalty for Gillette, 
like a pervasive just even if you don't buy the product you support them and the causes they're raising awareness of but then there is a brand awareness play for toxic masculinity it's like these social issues are getting their time in the spotlight to to get that brand awareness and they get that I mean, brand for like a social issue, but I'm just using marketing words. So then also that loyalty towards an issue, uh, one side or the other. And it's it's just different for Gillette to do that. Like razors <laughs> have never done that before. It, my favorite example is the shit commercials. It's um, not even going back too far. They'd personify these razors into like these robot humans that... And you can just tell, like, they want you to have sex with this razor. Like, this one's like, has womanly curves, and this one's, like, really masculine. It's got big muscles, and it's like, wow, those are cool razors, <laughs> but cool. it's just making the issues worse. <laughs> or even, like, a, you know, like, Axe body spray. Like, every commercial is literally, like, dude sprays it on. Girls come from, like, everywhere, and you don't know how they got there, but it's, like, <laughs> it's, like dozens to hundreds of women and it's it's not like that is insidious in an, in in a very obvious way but it's just being inside marketing <laughs> it's so obvious what they're so, going for exactly yeah. and also it's like okay um i know a lot of gay guys that use axe and like your commercials are just super heteronormative and like very inaccurate to women and what we like like most women i know don't even like acts so maybe that's what they're playing off of like trying to get women to be like but i just wouldn't look at that commercial and be interested in that it's not saying anything to me on a deeper level Mm -hmm. other than this brand undermines women and how they actually are attracted to men and you think that like a spray or like a physical gesture is going to do something so I don't know. That's just. I don't think they're talking to women at all. Yeah, no, no, they're not. No, they're not. Of course, (laughs) I'm just saying. They don't care at all what you think about it. Yeah, I don't think they care about your resignation (laughs) with their ad. Um, Maybe they will now because the it's like all these recent campaigns have shifted like the window of social awareness in marketing so much that like maybe axe will have this well, epiphany just, moment like a more interesting ad would be like a guy sprays himself with axe spray and then like a bunch of guys come over to him like i don't know just like be weird with that. <laughs> I, I i get it it's i guess the issue the issue i have with this is understanding who your audience is so the people that buy their product is who they're marketing to we as marketers understand we need to speak the language of the people we're marketing to right we need to get the people's attention that we're targeting so that means their messaging has been working for a very long time to the specific demographic that they're going after, correct? So those individuals or that group of people should not be marketed to or they shouldn't have products tailored towards them as how they see the world perspective-wise? No, it's just like get an interesting angle. But... I think that's the angle. But 
I'm not but, saying I'm not saying it's right. All I'm saying is But I also don't want to undermine people out there who are being marketed to. Like that's the only angle is like people who like acts they just want to like see a commercial where like a dude sprays it on himself and like ladies come out of the woodwork. Like they really like I don't know, I just don't want to undermine them so much that I they couldn't appreciate another commercial. It doesn't have to be toxic masculinity as a tackling point, but Right. More like Old Spice, just fun and weird. That's what I mean. Like Old right. Spice is funny and strange, but like Axe is terrible. Also, Axe is terrible. The product. <laughs> this is not an Axe podcast. <laughs> Sponsored by Axe. Um, There's a lot of good examples it. of uh, ads that aren't even that old that are just playing into the whole toxic uh, or even like toxic gender role assumptions and stuff like that. It's. <laughs> Don't ask me how I remember this. There's a McDonald's ad, and it was a Big Mac in a bed with, like, silk sheets and, like, the cover, like, the bed sheets kind of, like, concealing part of the Big Mac. And it's like, why are you trying to make me... Like, why is that ad trying to make a burger sexual? (laughs) And, like, it's how... Why are they only gearing that towards, like, men? Like... I mean, I guess women might want to have sex with a burger. I don't even know. Like, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what's happening there, and I, I mean, don't know why a, this happened in my that's industry. That's a totally separate conversation. <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows that marketers don't actually care about women's pleasure or care to talk about or have a real conversation about what sexually excites women. Yeah, that, and that's where my assumption think, comes rarely from. Rarely are things ever marketed in a way that is actually speaking to the way that women like experience romance and even experience sexual you know feelings towards whoever male female etc it's always been under the male gaze it's always been under the male assumption um the narratives of sexuality in marketing which does have to do with masculinity and femininity the narratives are always held by men and Mm. it's wild um I mean, I see it a lot even with, like, you know, I read a lot. And, um, like, a lot of the novels I read, it'll just be... Which, there was, like, a popular trend on Twitter. And it was, like, all of these female writers going through and, like, pulling out quotes from famous novels. And it's, like, male writers writing, like, sexual scenes with characters. And they're just so cringy. And they just are not accurate. (laughs) But these have been novels that are, like, in the canon. They're, like they are like accepted books and it's like they don't know anything about female sexuality so i just think that's interesting too in advertisement you never see that yeah the voice of marketing has been white and male for ever <laughs> for like as long as it's existed until maybe like a week ago you know it just just to exaggerate and lost my thought <laughs> But, okay, so it's it's interesting because you're, you have one side of that type of marketing, right? But, again, an assumption, someone like Dollar Shave Club, I feel, would kind of sway the other way of Gillette and their argument. Yeah. Their marketing is very... Sexist? A man's man. I see it as pointlessly gendered, I guess yeah. is a safe way to put it. It's like, why? It, it's a razor. Anybody could use that. Right, but it's 
fighting a niche audience at the end of the day. Like I said, these are businesses. Mm-hmm. They find opportunity. Usually they're just going to go over the opportunity, right? They're going to plant their flag in, the, flag in the ground and be like, this is exactly who I'm marketing to. And we, we, we write about that, though. Like, in its essence, we talk about very strategic marketing and understanding who your audience is specifically and how to talk to them. And if you're like, this group of men in the world exist, a lot of them, and they need razors. Yeah, and so there's nothing wrong with targeting that segment and then producing content that resonates with that segment, which would be like, uh, bearded men like ordering IPAs and stuff like that just like that stereotype but that stuff resonates with them but I, I guess to our point if Dollar Shave Club made an ad for a, a women's line of razors I don't know if that exists or not at, with Dollar Shave Club it would be marketing to women how men think women want to be marketed at I can just tell like that's the way it would go already maybe they'll be woke about it like Gillette did but it's like, what we've seen year after year is it's just going to be this like hit a swing and a miss at like what resonates with women because it's coming from men. Well, like Lady Doritos, right? <laughs> exactly. Lady Doritos <laughs> is a prime example of that. Um, I feel women that, are incapable of eating chips, well, so we made even chips. like even women's razor advertisements like Venus. Um, are extremely gendered like they're just like their version of top to bottom like why women shave what makes women want to shave the types of women that shave they're so gendered like it's like and their their version of femininity is so rooted in toxic masculinity that which i think is another interesting conversation is femininity rooted in masculinity which is like very Pink. much about the male gaze, but yeah. but the Venus, like I can distinctly remember growing up, like the Venus commercials, and and I can think of the song, like it's like girls on a Venus, yeah, and then like, <laughs> and it's like these like super shiny, silky smooth legs, like they never show hair being removed, they never show hair compromise, like there's plenty of women who don't shave their armpits, but like shave their legs or like don't shave their legs, but like shave their armpits. Like they, all of the women for the most part are white, which on the scale of body hair, if anyone understands that is like you typically less hairy. Um, There's not a big representation for women who actually are hairy and women who are super hairy are not marketed to a lot of times women who are super hairy like they can't even use those razors because they have too much hair for the razor so they have to use men's razors anyway so like it's interesting just on the reverse side of um male razors and shaving products are women's razors and shaving products which are so deeply troubling in the way that they approach hair um so no, and I, and I I understand that from even a marketing standpoint doesn't make sense, right? So from a male perspective, buying razors for men, they really hit on the pinpoints of men's issues with razors, right? Oh, for sure. And they they show men shaving their face and yada yada yada. With women, it's just like taboo. Don't talk about it. Don't show it. Yeah. Just assume these things, and it's and who are they marketing to? It's not men. Like if we saw women <laughs> shaving on TV, I'd be like, Wh- whatever. 
Like, it's not for me. I don't care. It's like, uh, and it's not stepping out. It's like, you know, tampons and maxi pads. Like, the conversation with that, like, it's like, oh, well, we don't discuss this because guys are watching. I'm like, well, it's not for men. Who cares? <laughs> like, I don't, I, I know it exists. I know it happens. You know, I had anatomy. I understand it. But it, I'm not the one that's purchasing it. Well, I kind of am sometimes, but not for me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not making that decision. It doesn't, it's not resonating with me because I don't have to deal with it. Then why aren't you actually having the real conversation with women about women products? Right? Because men have real conversation with men products. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we have those conversations. It's just interesting that for women, it's nasty to talk about. Oh, so you don't. So, it's so taboo and it's so bizarre. I mean, it's weird for women to even talk about the fact that, like, they grow facial hair. Like, I have lots of friends who grow hair on their, like, chin area. I grow hair on my chin area. Like, I do grow a mustache. Like, this is not embarrassing. Like, women have hair because we're mammals and like that makes sense and like this is not this weird concept but growing up like up until I was essentially like 22 is when I really like had to step back and be like okay why have I been brainwashed like for years like why have I looked at my hair in this way where I don't talk about it like there is no like like what you're saying like with with men's ads like they yeah they can be targeting very gendered men but the thing is they're also like showing you before and after process like it's like man has hair we show him shaving it off with shaving cream he now is smooth like women it's like they don't even show you the before like it's like oh look how like 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 i could literally like slip and slide down a like floor right now because i am so like unhairy and it's just like (laughs) how'd you get there what was funny to me is they show a woman shaving a leg it's already shaved oh it's already shaved yeah like i'm like you're not doing anything right now maybe maybe i'm again ignorant to it but i'm like it looks exactly the same as before yeah i never even considered that experience you brought up that like they're creating shame around these normal problems that they could be bringing up and they could be addressing it by their product with their product that's what marketing is it's like relieving pain points but they're like tiptoeing around it i think they overthink how to speak to women so much that they end up speaking to no one (laughs) because men don't care as i'm saying we do not care if as soon as we see pink in a commercial it's like whatever not Not for me me. Yeah. yeah like i'm not that's like not my decision cue. to make. It is. It I don't really need is. to buy razors for my wife. She can buy whatever she likes. Or... For sure. No, it's super. It's super bizarre, and it's it's weird because then all these like now in recent times all these like counter movements have to be created, like the body hair movement of like white feminists being like, I'm gonna grow all my body hair out, and like I'm doing that because I'm radical, and it's like, but the problem is that. A, you're not radical. Women have women who are in lots of different cultures, lots of different backgrounds keep their hair long. So that's not radical. That's actually just culturally insensitive. Second, if maybe if you had been marketed to in a like more holistic way and actually had open conversations, you probably would have a more like nuanced approach to shaving and you would like grow some things, shave some things, like and it wouldn't be this like feminist, like, oh, I'm part of the feminist, like pro body hair movement and it's like that movement only came about because conversations didn't exist and so that's why i 
circling back to like the toxic masculinity like that's why I do think like these conversations are important for brands to tackle because there are these like lingering questions out there and I think yeah do we always want brands to have conversations about it no we want people to have conversations but brands can help people have conversations and so tackling these like large lingering things in the air like black lives matter movement like toxic masculinity is cool and you should do it and if you're gonna do it just like really go for it well now i find it funny that the conversation about masculinity especially in marketing like the gillette ad is happening in leaps and bounds but this progress with speaking to women in marketing i'm starting to realize from this conversation is happening at like a snail's pace it's uh, there's been good progress. Like we're seeing more plus size models in uh, underwear commercials and in stuff like that, and that's great. Like because it, it used to just be Victoria's Secret. Right. Like their marketing was the dominant for any types of like women's clothing or like undergarments. And then we're seeing um, a, a bit more realistic marketing. It, it there's a lot of room to go, especially with like razors and like. Uh, any personal care products for women because it, they are kind of whitewashing the entire experience and the need for the product in the first place. But it, with men, it's like <laughs> the progress is like rocketing. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, I think it has to come down to um, diversity in decision makers um, at the end of the day. That's what it comes down to. Um, Pepsi is a great example of what not to do. Oh, yeah. And I think it comes down to decision makers that pulled those triggers and didn't have perspective, right? So that's the conversation I think we need to have more than anything else. And that's for a later date is diversity in the workforce, specifically advertising and marketing. And not from an agency level, from a corporate level as well. Those decisions need to have a little more perspective on things. And um, I think that's where a lot of it lies because these decisions are made by one or two people, to be honest with you, yeah. right? Concept perspective is brought in by a lot of people, but who makes the decision and pulls the trigger and says, yes, I want to fund this is usually one or two people, right? Mm-hmm. Who and, don't typically look like me or you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so perspective, I think, is the biggest thing when it comes to expanding the leaps and bounds of these, right? Because I agree with you. Um, and just to wrap this up, that if I saw an ad for shaving and it was a guy shaving his face that was already shaven, I'd be like, that's weird. That's That's really weird. Like this guy has a face of a baby bottom and he literally is shaving it right now. I'm like, what are you shaving? Like, how good is the razor? It's so good. You never grow back again. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, what's the conversation here? So even for like me and Ryan that are in advertising, like this conversation alone kind of opens their eyes to be like, wow. Cause again, we're muted to that. Like a, a, a female razor ad comes on me and Ryan. I'm, I'm speaking for both of us. Cause I'm almost positive. He can agree. Yeah. It's, we're just like, you know, um, monster trucks in our head. Like we're really not looking at it. You know what I mean? We're not paying attention. Cause we're like, this has nothing to do with us. But if you actually sit there and dissect it, you're like, from your perspective you're like that doesn't make any sense at all because if it was a guy doing it we'd be like what the hell like that doesn't make any sense so like i think there needs to be a lot of conversation but a lot of changes from perspective needs to happen because i think that's the key to it for a lot of this is resource 
and decision makers in those resources. Um, and I think that's where we're starting to get. And I think you're starting to see a lot more uh, creative direction from females when it comes to female products and female audiences. Um, a lot more direction when it comes to minorities, having minority voices in there to give perspective and decision making. And I think that's where um, we can win, right? Is when you have more diverse perspective coming together, all having a conversation, understanding who you're talking to and how to talk to them inappropriately without having these like culture guidelines that we had for years and decades and just taking all that away and being like, how do you, like, how are you going to have a real conversation one-to-one with somebody? And that's what you need to do because that's what marketing really is, is saying, how can I attract you, get your attention and being like, yeah, they, they understand how to solve my problem. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The space is still wide open for any of those topics and uh, any uh, bringing those new voices into the marketing space which is so much of the content we consume okay so um, that wraps it up for this episode um, next week we have uh, another panel coming on and we don't know the topic yet we will find it shortly but uh, if you have actually have any suggestions anything you want to talk about listen to uh, obviously comment below let us know and see you next week <laughs>